You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. The verb filled is in the present tense, so it implies keep on being filled. And thus it is an experience we should enjoy every day and not just one time or on special occasions. Also, this verb is passive. In other words, we do not fill ourselves, but rather permit the Holy Spirit to do that work. But nevertheless, we have to keep ourselves in a place, in a position for the Holy Spirit to do that work. Receiving the Holy Spirit is not a one-time occurrence. There will be a first time upon acceptance of Christ that you receive the Holy Spirit. But as Pastor Mike shares, you should continue to be filled with His presence. Receiving the Spirit should not be saved for special occasions either. Another observation from today's message is that this filling is a passive action. You do not fill yourself, but you allow yourself to be filled. There are actions you can take, such as prayer and scripture study, to facilitate the receiving of the Spirit, but it's not for the taking. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 as he begins his message, Filled with the Spirit. with the Spirit, or more to the point, how to be filled with the Spirit. Now let's back up a little bit to sort of set the stage for the study. The last couple of weeks, just in case you haven't been around for the last couple of weeks, here in our study in the book of Ephesians that are part of our Alive in Christ series, we've been discussing our responsibility in our relationship with God. And yes, that's what Christianity is, right? It's a relationship. So much more than just a religion. It's a relationship. And for any relationship, it takes two parties to have a relationship. But I'm so thankful that God's part far outweighs man's part, right? But nevertheless, there is our part. And in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, considering all of what God has done for us, all of what God has provided for us, the way that God has blessed us, this is the conclusion that Paul comes to in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Considering all of what God has done for us, now what we've become in Christ, right? He encourages us to walk worthy of our calling. Walk worthy of our calling. Again, because of what God has made available to us, the privileges we enjoy as his children. Now, uh, one of our last studies, we've also established firmly that this can only be accomplished 
by and through the Holy Spirit filling our hearts. But once again, we are responsible to do whatever is necessary. Remember, there still is our part, right? And we must do whatever is necessary that the Spirit might fill us completely. And so, how does all of this take place? Well, notice here, let's go back to our text. Paul goes on in very practical ways here in our text to describe that procedure. Now, before we get into all of this and break it down for you, all of the verses that are a part of our text, and this brings us to our first point, first things first. And so I want you, once again, to go back to our text and take a look at verse 18. Let's read verse 18 once again. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but rather be filled with the Spirit. Now, I want to share with you a brief English grammatical lesson, if I may. And I want you to understand a couple of things concerning this subject of being filled with the Spirit. A couple of things, there are actually four. Now, the first of which is, I want you to understand that this is not an option. Notice, it's a command. Paul tells the believers there at Ephesus that they are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is an imperative. It's a command. And therefore, he, God, that is, expects us to obey. So it's not a take it or leave it proposition. It's something that is absolutely mandatory if we are going to walk worthy of our calling and become the kinds of people that God wants us to become. It's not a, like a take it or leave it kind of a thing. And as we go through this study, we're going to see how important it is that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, just to be God's ambassadors, God's representatives. The second thing I want you to take note of is that this command is plural. And so it applies to all Christians and not just to a select few. This is not for the elders of the church or the pastors or uh, those who have ministry responsibilities. It is for all Christians, not just to a select few. So here's the question. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit or are you rather grieving the Holy Spirit. Listen, every one of us falls into one of those two categories. So I want you to think about that, right? Take it to heart. I don't want you to audibly answer the question that I've just asked, but this is just something between you and the Lord, something that we need to consider. The third thing that I want you to consider as it relates to this command to be filled with the Spirit, the verb filled is in the present tense, and therefore it implies that we are to, as believers, to be keep on being filled. So thus, it is an experience we should enjoy every day and not just one time or on special occasions. I'll give you a classical example of this from the scriptures. In the book of Acts, if you just quickly turn there with me, I'll set the stage for this in just a moment. In Acts chapter 4 and verses 29 through 31, in context, to just set this up, Remember, Peter and John had just gone into the temple to pray during the uh, third hour of the day, and that was their custom. And so they entered into the gate called Beautiful. There were a couple of different entrances into the temple. And on this particular occasion, there happened to be the lame man that we're introduced to there in the book of Acts. 
who was uh, lame from birth. Remember, he was begging for his alms, and Peter saw him and, and zeroed in on him. And, and as he asked for an alms, remember, they didn't have any social services back then, so the people who crippled were completely dependent upon the generosity of other people. So Peter engages this fellow after him being asked for an alms, and he says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to rise and walk. And he grabs this guy up by his arm, picks him up to his feet, and immediately his legs become whole. Strength runs right through his body. And then next we are told he goes leaping and praising God and runs into the temple, and, and that creates quite an interest, and all of the people come running in. They're now on Solomon's porch. there within the temple precincts, and Peter seizes that opportunity and begins to preach the gospel. Quite a number of people get saved that particular day. But then Peter and John are arrested, and they're standing before the Sanhedrin, which was the presiding religious council of that day. Their lives are threatened, but then they are let go, and they go back to their own company, right? And then picking up now in that text, Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 29, and they pray, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of our holy servant Jesus. In other words, they're asking God for more boldness. Remember, their lives were being threatened so that they might never again preach in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So they're just asking God for more of what got them into hot water in the first place, if you will. And then in verse 31, this is what we want to focus in on, and when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, this is not the first time that these believers were filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, just go back to the same chapter 4 in verse 8. Now, remember, Peter was amongst that company of people that prayed that prayer, and then they were refilled with the Holy Spirit. In verse 8, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, so Peter was already filled with the Holy Spirit. If you go back to Acts chapter 1 and, and 2, where Jesus is instructing the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and therefore they would be witnesses unto him, right? And remember, they're gathered together there in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit falls upon them, and and there's a certain manifestation of the Holy Spirit that takes place, and Peter again sees an opportunity and preaches the gospel. But the point that I'm making, that I'm trying to make here, is that some of these believers that were at this particular meeting had already been filled with the Holy Spirit. But their lives were being threatened. They were in danger. And so I would suggest to you, when you find yourself, for whatever reason, whether it's because of your testimony in Christ or some other thing that's going on in your life, pressures, you know how life places pressures upon you, you can seek the Lord and be refilled with the Holy Spirit, which will make all of the difference in the world. Okay, so I've gone a long way to make this point, but again, the third thing that I wanted to draw your attention to here is the word filled, the verb filled, is in the present tense. So it implies keep on being filled. And thus it is an experience we should enjoy every day and not just one time or on special occasions. Also, this verb is passive. In other words, we do not fill ourselves, but rather permit the Holy Spirit 
to do that work. But nevertheless, we have to keep ourselves in a place, in a position for the Holy Spirit to do that work. And then lastly, the fourth thing that I want to draw your attention to as it relates to this command is that the word filled can literally be translated controlled by. In the original Greek, the word filled can literally be translated controlled by. And so to be filled with the Spirit then means to be constantly controlled by the Spirit or under the influence of the Spirit. Where? In our minds, in our emotions, and in our wills. Listen, all of us have become keenly aware of how difficult it is as a Christian to live in this present world. All of the obstacles that we face, all of the pressures, all of the temptations. So certainly, we need to be constantly filled by the Spirit even to survive, right? So, you know, I mean, that's one of the secrets of living victorious. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to become a casualty. You can walk and live in victory, right? And so I hope then, before the conclusion of this message, we realize how dependent we should be upon the Spirit filling us, okay? So I wanted to, first of all, uh, mention these things before we actually break this down now and get into the actual ways by which we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And this brings us to our second point. Paul provides some interesting illustrations that will help us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice there, Paul recognized this, and therefore he wrote in verse 18. Let's go back to our text again. Verse 18. I'm still in the book of Acts here. In verse 18, and he says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but rather be filled with the Spirit. So what we have here then is a picture in contrast. Paul provides for us two different pictures. The first of which is drunk with wine. The second is filled with the Spirit. Now I believe that Paul is using this word wine in a figurative kind of a way. The word wine that Paul uses here to make his point I believe, does not only refer to an alcoholic beverage, but rather to anything that stimulates or stirs an individual. In other words, let nothing else but the Spirit be your inspiration, your encouragement, and your influence, lest you be carried away to excess. You see that? So we need to think of that in that way. But it's amazing, if you think about it, what people turn to as the form for their inspiration, to help make it through the day, to help with the pressures of life. You know, some people will turn to alcohol. Some others turn to drugs. And yes, for the moment, a man or a woman's physical reactions can become stronger by the using of those stimulants, but the effect wears off and therefore is followed by weakness. But then on the other hand, and this is the second picture that Paul paints for us in encouragement, he rather says, verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. Listen, if a person knows God's Word, he will know that the Holy Spirit will guide him to secure the help of God from within by faith. 
You don't have to look to stimulants. You don't have to turn to alcohol. You don't have to turn to drugs. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and guide you, right? You can face any obstacle the day presents to you. And so that's the second thing that I wanted to draw your attention to. That's our second point. Okay, now let's get into the nitty-gritty of things here. How to be filled. This is our third point. So write that down. How to be filled. So, the first of which, as I've already suggested, faith is made stronger when a person reads, listens, and becomes familiar with the Scriptures. And that's the first way, I think, that a person can be filled with the Holy Spirit through the study and the reading regularly of the Scriptures. Remember Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. It says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So think about it. It's it just sort of like common sense. The more Scripture I read, the more Scripture I memorize, the more Scripture I am familiar with, the stronger I'm going to become. So the first step in being filled with the Spirit, right, is the study of the Scriptures. Because the more I think about Jesus and all of the Scriptures testify of Jesus. Remember, Jesus himself even said that. He said, search, remember, he was dealing with the, those that thought that they were hot stuff, because God, you know, the Old Testament Jews, because God had entrusted them with the Old Testament Scriptures. So Jesus was about to blow holes in that kind of an attitude, and he says, search the scriptures. He's actually rebuking them, the Pharisees and the scribes. He says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are that which testifies of me, right? So all of the scriptures is about Jesus, Old and New Testament alike. I'll give you an example of this. You know, I could close my eyes, and I could thumb through the Old Testament scriptures and just flip through the pages without even looking, and then just put a finger on a text of Scripture. And wherever my finger lands, I can build a sermon on the subject of Jesus from that text of Scripture. Even the Old Testament Scriptures. Why? Because they're all about Jesus. From the very first book of the Bible to the very last book of the Bible, Jesus himself said, I am the Word of God. Jesus is the Word, right? And so anyway, that's the first way that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because again, the more I think about Jesus and God's power, as is recorded for us in the Word, the more I'm ready to trust in Him. And the more I realize He will help me. And therefore, the more I can expect from Him. So, what's the point? Don't settle for counterfeit substitutions. Things that will only intoxicate you lift you up for a moment, then drop you as you crash into reality. You know, it, really, it's, it's truly amazing to me what people turn to as substitutes for the real deal who is Jesus and Jesus alone. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. How? Through the study of God's Word. Folks, there's no substitute for it. It's a tremendous help. So that's the first way that any of us can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, man, get in there. So if that's something that's lacking in your life, you know, if you're a weak Christian, you're up and down, sideways at times, you're still dealing with the same sin that you've dealt with for the last 
umpteen years since your conversion experience? Listen, I've found that it most likely can be traced right back to the lack of the study and the knowledge of God's Word. Man, get serious about your study of Word. You know, don't look to me to spoon-feed you the Word of God. I mean, that's good, and we're thankful that everyone's here, and I have this opportunity and privilege to be able to stand before you and share God's Word, but man, this is a 24-7 proposition, right? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We need to get serious about the study of God's Word. Hasn't it been exciting at times? Maybe not all of the time, but you're going to get something out of the Word when you sit down with the Lord. I look forward to it every morning. You know, when I get up, the first thing that I, well, the first thing that I do is I go brush my teeth, and then I make a pot of coffee. I've got to be honest with you. But then I grab my Bible, sit in that big old leather easy chair of mine, and open up the Scriptures. And before anyone gets up, before my wife gets up, before my son Elijah gets up, before I have to get him ready and out the door, and it's just me and my personal time with the Lord. And I I look forward to it every day. I can't even imagine starting a day otherwise. And it's always a blessing. But i got to tell you something. There are some times, and it doesn't happen every day, I'm going to be honest with you, but there are some days when I open up the Scriptures, and, and it's like, you know, the, the, the world stopped rotating on its axis, the earth. And it's just like me and God alone, and God is just like really big time speaking to me. Have you ever had those kinds of experiences? It's like revelation. And it's like, I've, I've read that text of scripture a hundred times before. I've even taught that text of scripture like ten times before. And it's like God shows me something new, something relative, something that I needed to hear. And it's like, wow. Unbelievable, right? Man, get serious about this study of the Word of God. Okay, so that's the first way. Then Paul goes on, notice, let's go back to our text, and gives to us another way that we can be filled with the Spirit, and that is, notice also in verse 19, through music and song. Let's read verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, listen, the one thing that all of these suggestions have in common, that is the psalms, the hymns, and spiritual songs, is, and there's not much of a difference between the three, but the common denominator here is that they were written by godly men and women to help us to see what God can do and will do. You know, many of the songs, like, for example, let's, uh, David, the psalmist. Did you know that David wrote most of the psalms, which is actually Israel's hymnal? They put many of those psalms to song and music, and they would sing these songs. That was sort of like Israel's hymnal book, and they would sing those psalms unto the, to the Lord. In my Father's house there's a place for me in my father's house where I long to be oh my heart. We're so glad you joined us today on In My Father's House for our continuing verse by verse study through the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Mike, please visit our website at harvestnyc.org. 
You can also listen online by going to the Resources tab, or you can find them on One Place and search for Harvest Christian Fellowship or Pastor Mike Fenizio. Viewing our recent services in their entirety can be an option as well through Vimeo. Just follow the link at our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. We also invite you to subscribe to our podcast. Just search your favorite platform for In My Father's House. If you're ever in or near the Midtown Manhattan area and are looking for a church home, come visit us here at Harvest Christian Fellowship. We meet every week for worship, Bible study, and fellowship. It's easy to get here, and you can reserve your seat at our website. If you can't make it in person, that's okay. Join us on the live stream to participate in our services virtually. Just follow the link at harvestnyc.org. If you happen to have any questions for us, don't hesitate to give us a call at 212-247-1877. That number again is 212-247-1877. Or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram by following the links on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. We're so glad you took the time to listen in today, and we hope you'll join us again next time on In My Father's House.